morning, everyone. Tommy is in a good fancy morning. Place. I feel like doing an intro like they do like on Top Gear. Like Tommy's in a fancy place. Seth's yeah. in his basement. <laughs> Michael's wearing a Power BI shirt. <laughs> How is everyone else? How's everyone else doing? I'm in Boston right now in a lounge. So guys, uh, who's listening live, and we'll see. This may be the first podcast we really edit. Yes. For the first time. <laughs> we'll, so. we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Just go with it. You got to oh, keep it Boston. original. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. Well, Tommy, thank you very much for even tuning in, even while uh, traveling. We'll see how well your Wi-Fi in the hotel holds up. We're taking the pod on tour. The pod <laughs> is on tour. I got I got the minivan with the kids, but on the sides of it, I got the logo Explicit Measured Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, got the magnetic strips already. Speaking well, of going be... on tour, speaking of touring, Paul Turley has bought a van or uh, literally. A... What? Yeah. Have you really? seen this? He's going. No. He's calling it Data on Tour. Now that you mentioned it, it just triggered a thought. He's bought. <laughs> he's sold his house. He's bought a full. Not no, a, he didn't. Not, not. Yeah. He sold his house. He's bought a full van. Not a van. It's like a RV. It's bigger than a van. It's a full RV. He's going to live in it, and they're going to go travel the United States. I thought Dude. that's what I want to do. So he's. I mean, I, I said, yeah. come to Milwaukee. We'll drink beer with you, and then we'll you know talk. So after you, reach you wrote out to Paul, man. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. After your road trip with three children under or three children under yeah. four, I want a road trip too and I'll buy a van <laughs> by myself. You need some adult time, Tommy. This is what um, this is what Tuesdays and Thursdays have become. This may be <laughs> this may be the podcast I don't tell my wife she should listen to. <laughs> we'll, we'll just skip the intro. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, uh, keep this one hush. She doesn't listen to it anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. None of my family listens to mine. Yeah. Everyone's told me they listen to it once. And they're like. I don't understand what you're talking about. We're just going to move on. It's boring. It's boring. Well, I, I told her when we were driving, we, were, we drove from Chicago and now we're in Boston. I said, we're listening to it. You're listening. I need feedback. Go. Oh, so, no way. It was all good uh, things. She's like, Tommy, yeah, you laugh too much. She chuckled. She chuckled at you guys. And then she would just look at me when I made a joke. I said, what? Oh, yeah, anyway. Because she already knows your jokes. She hasn't heard yeah. our bad dad jokes yeah. yet. So, yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's jump into the topic today. What does a Power BI Pro look like in the future? And I, you know what? Somewhat, I'll, I'll make a first comment here. A Power BI Pro is a very accurate name, but it's also a bit of a trigger word for me. I feel like Power BI Pro is a good way of putting it, but I get very confused between Power BI and Power BI Pro as as a, you literally buy a Power BI Pro license. So <laughs> oh, like, oh, so yeah. that that word phrasing for me is just, uh, I don't, I get it, but then I'm like, I need it, I need it to be a I feel like it should be Power BI Professional, but maybe we're all Power BI Professionals at some level. Like, I think that's I think a shortened you, version. Maybe. Maybe it is. Like, I think what you've done to me is one of those, like, hey, have you ever noticed that? I'm like, no, I never noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And now I can't unnotice now it. Now you can't unnotice You can't unnotice it. talk about it for five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Chicago meetup, I always start off like the um, notify, like, hi, Power BI Pros, and we have Power BI Pro. Yep. And never made the correlation. And there. now it's going to be like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, see? Because I don't know if everyone has a license. Exactly. See, that's, that's what I'm keep thinking. <laughs> I instantly go. Are you go, all Power BI pros? Oh, are, really? you, are you? Yeah, this is a pro only group. Are you really group. a pro? If, you were, if you're yeah, a free oh. user, please go to the other room that's next door for <laughs> the free Power training. Power BI PPU? Yeah. I, oh, PPU? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a PPUG now? <laughs> P-Pug. Oh, oh my goodness! No. Well, and if you want to mix the the pro and premium, it's 
Chromium. You know, so now you got to be a Power BI Chromium. Oh, here we go. Now, this, this is how our conversations are. Yeah. I can literally hear a laptop it's shutting totally across. The <laughs> <laughs> Laptops across the U.S. are just turning off as we speak. All right. Uh, we see how this one's going to go. Yeah. Right. What else is on YouTube yet? Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All <laughs> <sighs> well, right. Good intro. Good intro. All right. So <laughs> what does a Power BI Pro or Premio or PPU user look like in the future? What does this look like? How do you look so like? Th- this is interesting. As both of you are going to drink water, I'll I'll just start. So go, Tommy. Just, take it. I, I figured that's not interrupt. So I guess to me, as I was thinking about this, like, well, let's start with let's define what a Power BI Pro, or what a Power BI professional is today, and then we can start talking about it in the future. So I'm smiling so hard. I've already ruined you. <laughs> You've uh, already changed your phrasing. You just changed it. You're just like Power BI Pro. No, Power BI Professional. I've already I ruined you. Like, nope, can't, nope, you can't use that. Professional. Hi, Power BI Professionals. Oh, this is just real. Uh, I don't want to do this podcast I'm anymore. Sorry. Um, no. So let's, let's define it as we move forward as a pro or professional. Yes. Let's, just so. Yeah. Um, but what a professional or someone in the career Power BI does now. Um, to me, it's you kind of see it across the board. And I thought about this as we were thinking of two years from now. Well, what was it two years ago? Mm, that's a good point. Right? Okay. So like, what, how, what's the accelerations? And to me, what I've seen is someone who's in the Power BI world now, and not necessarily a junior analyst, but you know, there's obviously more than one job. Oh, yeah. So, but two years ago, it was someone, I think, who just really could do desktop and publish a report. And that was their job. Like they just really built reports. That was eight to five, so to speak. Yep. Um, now I think there's a lot more administration. There's a lot more you have to do mm. deployment. You have to do education and adoption. I think that's kind of not necessarily everyone's role, but I see that more of in terms of if you were saying, hey, I'm a Power BI professional, I think that needs to be part of the resume. Interesting. I like this. W- would you say that for like today's could today's standpoint? You're not going to bait me uh, into what your thoughts are, but I, I will give you reactions to them. <laughs> You're like, w- wouldn't you agree I'm right? Yes, yes. So I, I would say, from my perspective, I think a lot of those ring true for where I was at those time. Well, mm-hmm. And we've done, Seth and I, and we've actually talked a lot about this on the side around what are all the roles. And Steve Campbell, who's, who's another MVP who yeah. blogs on the Power BI Tips website, has really gone through and defined a lot yeah. of like, here's, we, here's roles that we're seeing shake out, right? As this becomes more expansive, I think this is very typical with a lot of new things. It starts out on a very simple, hey, we're going to do, um, we're going to build this application or software. And as that application gets more features, it's harder for everyone to know all the features. And then you start seeing like segmentation kind of popping out a little bit, right? There's a whole section around administration. We looked at the admin portal mm-hmm. before. Yeah. There was like yeah. 10 options. That's it. You only had to know to turn and in there lately. Turn, yeah, it's yeah. lists and lists <laughs> and my goodness, the setup now and like you want to do everything with groups and like sure. So that whole area has gotten more robust with features. And now you have data flows. We never had that before two years ago. So that's a whole right. new area. Like where does that fit? And then there's right. this, you know, so data engineering is is always been a part of it, but now it's becoming more of a part of this. So I I think you're I think you're spot on, and I okay. I'd also agree with a lot of the training and growing up a team because the interest is there people need to know it but no one knows the best practices and and i think that's so that's the professional now right so yep. I, I i agree and i think that's kind of like if you were, again you were to say put your resume out or as uh, someone's to say like what are we looking for it's got to encompass at least some knowledge of that sure so 
when I think two years from now, I honestly think it's, well, what do you want to be? Because I think there's two paths that they're really going to be um, the, the primary path for a Power BI professional. I think there's the deep Power BI pro who is not only doing those things, but also heavy and deep in Azure, Databricks, doing mm-hmm. that things. I think that's going to be just part of that requirement. Yep. It's going to be, you know, the not being able to build some of the data too, but working with, again, the, we're seeing more and more integration between Power BI and Azure. And I think there's it, that's going to accelerate even more. Oh, interesting. Or you can take that road or you can be the Power Platform Pro. And I think that's going to be the other side of it. Yep. To me, I think the roads are really going to split where you are still doing the same things in Power BI. <laughs> None of that, in a sense, uh, depletes. But you also have experience in Power Apps, and you're going to be building in Power Automate too. You're going to be building the applications because since we've had our conversations, there's been a lot about you know speeding up process time. Yep. And you know, saving money or making money, and yeah. I think that's going to be the professional's job. I'd agree. With so that. that I see the two roads really diverting in that road, regardless if this is in the cloud or not. Um, this is the way sure. it's going to be. This so. is the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> All right, Seth, so what, what's your spin? What, what do you see? Like a what does a professional look like in the future? I, I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack. Okay. Uh, I, I think I've. I have two big things, but it, it's predicated on what one of the things Tommy said. I, current state, I didn't think about, but if I if I if I do or as I do, I would say current state is you know everybody's got to be a data expert. We're cleaning, mm-hmm. shaping, and and kind of performance doing. That's where the bulk of our time is being spent. Still, mm-hmm. as as business intelligence people, is yep. is what we always say: eighty percent in the data and a lot less in visualization, which is probably why we spent a lot of time initially, you know, Mike and I in, in on Power BI tips doing a lot of visual yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Because there's less time organizations are willing to spend there. And I think in general, the less time where data professionals spend, right? Totally so agree with that. that. That was kind of the intent there. I've had a lot of other MVPs Five. reach out to me directly and say, I'm great at modeling data. I don't know how to make a good right. looking report. It's the <laughs> colors. It's... You know, most people have a general feel of like how to lay out the page, but even other MVPs are, would would openly admit like, I'm not making Miguel Myers level reporting because no. that's more it's an art skill too, as well as the data engineering side of that. And so this is where we're starting to see like these roles kind of appear. So I I I, I want to lay out the the two things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down one. We'll probably talk talk about it for a while and then I'll, I'll come back with the second. Okay. The, the first is a little pessimistic. The, the second is optimistic, right? <laughs> um, Wouldn't be the podcast what, without what, it. What is, what is five years from now? Um, it, it's the exact same. Is that the pessimistic and, and or the optimistic? That's the, that's that's the, the optimistic. Okay. Yeah, the optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is it took five years of ever increasing change to put Power BI in the mainstream, which is where it's at right now. Or, or I, I should say we're, we're starting to hit that you know curve. I agree. It, it'll it'll take a good amount of time for any organization to kind of shift or adopt new technologies, which is case in point. Yeah. Unless the change is so large that companies can't afford not to make the change immediately. But, and yeah. And kind of to pose a question here. 
how successful is your company right now at change adoption? Yeah. Well, I, and and I, I'm going to go ahead. I was going to say, there's always going to be stubborn companies. This is the way we've done it. Sure. There's, this is this always is the like, way. This is the this other is, way. This is the other way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the other way. And and there's going to be there's always going to be companies that are going to not. So there's a very. So if you look at the population, when you look at like a growth and growth and adoption of any new thing, there's like a tipping point where where mm -hmm. people start seeing the value of what you're preaching, and it it people start glomming on to whatever that that thing is. But right. it's always like one or two or a couple of like 10 percent or a very small fraction of people are always interested in looking for like pushing the bounds and doing the extra things. So I think there's a little bit of thirst in that in every organization. Those individuals either get rewarded and they push it out for the rest of the organization or they, they start a dr driving adoption or they're squelched. And those individuals move on to companies where they can be rewarded. Right. So I think you see so, like a knowledge and brain drain yeah, there, too. You 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 are you are exactly hitting my my point here, which oh, is good. No, and it's a good one. Let's talk about it further, right? <laughs> which is this is this is that adoption curve, yes, right? The technology adoption curve, where yes. you have innovators, or the the tech enthusiasts, yes. right? Like this is where we were when Power BI first started. Like we saw this tool yep. and we're like, boom, this is it. Yes, and so, yay for us, it turned out really yeah. well. <laughs> so I would but, actually. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me finish this path yeah, out, yeah. and then and then you can jump in. The, the the stage after that is early adopters, right? The visionaries within companies that realize that there's a a new thing, and this is kind of what we're talking about. A company would have to be in the state of like adopting, learning, staying out in the market, understanding like how how the tool is changing enough that it's going to change job cycles. Then you would have early or early majority, right? These are the pragmatists. And then this is where the curve starts to really, you know, increase. Yep. You have late majority, which is conservative. Now we're on the backside and then aging is skeptics, right? But the la the vast majority of companies are still in this early majority, late majority, you know, area. Yep. Yeah. So if we're not talking about like our jobs changing drastically right now, like, they're, they're, we're, we're not going to see huge change in everybody's job in two years. Interesting. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree. Like I, and I, I do agree with, yeah, there are some companies, yep. but the thing that I think is more, I, that has to be part of the equation is not so much the company itself. It's how well Microsoft releases something into the, into the ecosystem. So, and the reason I say that is, Mike, you said data flows, right? I didn't even think of that. But if you were to hire a Power BI professional today and they've never heard of data flows, that would raise an eyebrow immediately. Go, really? I think you should at least so, know about them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you, you're, I don't know if I'm building a lot of workloads on them at this point. I think, but they're going to get better, I think. And now that they're, if in, I'm, they're, they're, they're becoming more of a first class citizen across the Power BI ecosystem. Yeah. So I feel like, but it's, if, if I'm, yeah, go ahead. If I'm hiring a professional today, they need to know how to create a data flow and what the use case is for it. I think you hire for different people now. I think there's depends I think, on the role. Yeah, I think it depends. So, so I, I feel like okay. today I'm already seeing breakdowns in different roles of people. Like, are you a solid report builder? That, that I could use someone like that because we have enough work. So it also talks about like a pile of work, right? So we've mm -hmm. got this pile, this mound of work, right? In the very beginning, the mound was very small because we only had, you know, just building desktop okay. and publishing files and workspaces. We were very limited by what we could do. The amount of work has now increased because now we have 
more connectors. We now have data flows. We have, you know, master data tables. We want to manage and groom those things. So we've, we've by adding more features, the surface area of that work has increased and you're going to be hard pressed to find an individual who knows all of those areas really, really well. So, so take Seth's case because actually this this is a very interesting way to put a professional. A lot of those companies, what usually occurs and usually see this is they go, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do. Oh, we need somebody. Yeah. Right. And yep. they need a Power BI guy. Yep. And then it begins to build. Yeah. So I'm talking about that Power BI guy because you know what? There's always going to be that scenario. Mm -hmm. Two years, five years, 10 years. It's going to be that X guy. Yep. Because we are behind the curve and we think we can just solve it with one guy that is a man of all tools. He can kind of do everything, right? Well, that's the value. That's the value proposition for the company. The value prop to the company is to find someone who knows how to do it all. But mm -hmm. I think I think the downside here is companies don't understand how hard it is to find that individual person that knows how to do many different things really, really well. Yeah. So I, right. I think companies, if you want that person, expect to pay a lot. And frankly, you probably want a contractor who's going to come in and potentially right. do it right the first time and then work with your team to figure out, teach them and provide documentation around this and actually, you know, kind of grow it within the team. I, I don't think you're going this to is, find that this, one person. Yeah. This, is, this is a really good point, right? And, and the reason I, I want to dovetail in here real okay. quick is yeah. because I just had this conversation with a finance person to kind of describe what Power BI was providing. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, and this is where I think we're going to talk about this later in, in, in a future podcast around that blog series I wrote with all the skills within yeah. it. It's not just the skills. What you're alluding to is what is Power BI? It's the infrastructure. It's the reporting tool. Yep. It's the security and it's the sharing of data throughout an organization. If you're, if you're saying we need a Power BI person, like, that is the type of understanding yes. that that singular person will need to know and understand in order to effectively deploy this thing through your organization. This isn't a PBIX report. Like no. if you're a report person and you're like, I know Power BI <laughs> and you don't know anything about the other areas I just talked about, you don't. Like well, don't no, step yeah. into a role where people are going to be expecting you yes. to, to drop the full solution into an org. And I, and I completely agree. And I think two years ago it was a PBIX. I really do like from the majority of the <laughs> no. use case. No, two years <laughs> ago. That, no, yeah, because two years. Oh, you're ago, saying in general the Power BI Pro job. Yeah, 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 the okay. Power BI yeah, yeah. Pro I agree job. with that. I'd and now that. it's not that. Yeah. So, so no, I think, I, I, I'm I'm in full agreement with that. If that's the the story right now, uh, two years ago, the, yes. a PBIX guy. That's a great name. That's what I'm gonna start naming. Welcome, my, my uh, PBX guys. Yeah, that was two years ago, and that that was sufficient. You yes. know, obviously, if they knew more, the better. But I'm saying, what was sufficient? What were the majority of the roles that you're looking for is: can you create a power? Can you connect the data, transform model, and then publish it into yes. the service? Yes. If you can do that, we can hire you. That is no longer the case in 2000. What? what 21. I, 21. I believe 21. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. 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 <laughs> I, I got the day no right. Longer the good. case on Thursday. That's no longer it's the July case. July today. Yeah. July. Man. That's right. Oh wow. Uh, but so that's that's today. So. Again, think it accelerates. And again, you're always going to have, there's going to be companies two years from now in 2023 who are going to hire someone who's a PBIX guy. Yep. That's always the case. Well, but I was, the but majority I, of those jobs yeah, I in jump, the future. Yeah. I want to tell you, I think you're 100% right on that, Tommy. And I also agree that I think the people who are hiring don't understand what Seth just articulated, that this is 
full infrastructure, full data modeling, full metadata management on top of your your data sources and administration and distribution of all. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't, as a as a hiring manager, if you don't understand that Power BI is more than a PBIX file and a visualization tool, if you don't get that, you're going to hire the PBIX guy and you're going to shortcut your company because you don't have the right skill set to roll it out in the company. So, and I feel like when I've looked at there's two kinds of people you interview for, for jobs. You interview contractors, people who kind of been doing this on their own, and you you hire people who are, who are doing this today in their current jobs. Already today, I'm seeing the administration is being handled by another team. There's like another team that handles all the admin. Maybe that's an IT function. You see the people doing just the report. So when you hire people who are coming from another company, they don't even have the full surface area of what you need for the for a new company to hire that person and get exactly what you need from that one guy. Yeah. And I'll argue even further that the the company that now is saying we need a Power BI guy to do everything yep. is setting themselves up for failure too. More or less because that's that's tough on one it guy to do. Depends on their needs, but Right, yeah. but if it yeah, it depends on let's say but if unless they know they already have the buy-in at the company, if they just say we just need a guy to do this. Yes. You know, we know how many players are involved with the adoption story. Yep, yep. So I agreed. So, Anyways, yeah. So that's that's the present, I think. So I'll so, give. So I never gave I, my. Oh, you have a second oh, one. Yeah, but I have to make my second. Oh, point. you had. I thought you had a second one. Okay, my bad. Great. My bad. This no. is so wonderful. We're already going over time. Will... To you. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> let me let me make this one fast because it won't be. Um, one, I love these conversations, right? Because because the pieces the pieces as we talk more about Power BI and the features and functionality. I think are collectively coming into place in my head a, a, the way they used to when Mike and actually Mike and I actually could get together for a beer after a pug. <laughs> yep. But it, it, not to say we don't talk, but these are fun conversations uh, with the three of us. Yeah. If you ever think we're going to run out of where, topics, if I look at the the features that are being developed and deployed right now, mm. there's a lot of really cool pieces here, and it, let's just assume there's a grand vision behind it, <laughs> because if James Phillips is in is in place here and he's he's calling the shot like Power BI was the thing and that was drastically different for for Microsoft so there there's there's a vision there i'm excited if that's the case right because conversely like i think in a very positive bent the early adopters or where you know where a pro could be in 2 years is having tools that speak to that Matthew Roach story, right? The integrated story where there's a really clear path between business users and IT to make that transition of, you know, data problems and challenges that create reports mm. fully, fully just very easy path into IT. Secondarily, I think we'll have better matrix ta and table visuals. No. So that's exciting. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's in the future. I, I think, I think, there's a potential that even less time could be spent on cleaning and shaping data and more on visual presentation, right? If I look at a lot of the AI capabilities or some of the things that are being put in place to help us streamline the amount of time it, it, it takes to do ETL or create DAX measures or, you know, build and spend all the time in the data and then spend more time you know, on the front end of like, what, now that I have this data, how can I present it differently? I, I think there's a potential where, you know, we could be potentially building 
more of the user end user interaction story. You know, yeah. we talked a little bit about this with natural language Q&A and shaping certain visuals, right, for the end user. Maybe that becomes easier and there's a better click click one of these two ways to to look at data and and we're spending more time in that not you know, call it storytelling, but sure. that's a different type of reporting kind of thing where you're you're that active engagement of Q&A before a report is more of what flows through and where we can spend our time as opposed to all of the day-to-day data stuff. I really like that. And you just said something to me that triggered a thought where we're in, or we're in an industry where in two years from now, Power BI will be around for, what, seven years? And you say, yeah, I've been doing Power BI for seven years. I don't think that's as important as saying, what can you do it now? So because of how quickly changes, like let's say that's this, let's say that's the scenario now, Seth, where there's a lot more automation and there's a lot more on the be able to do visuals, right? So if you took a Power BI Pro now who started to kind of be a lot more lax on following features and being in the file, it doesn't matter if they've been doing it for seven years because it changes so rapidly, especially if that's the case. I'm just saying there's more opportunity. Yeah. No, yeah. And I, I just I I like what you said because I think it, it really goes back to things change rapidly in what we do and what we're doing right now, it could be. It could be very it could be very, very different. So uh, the reason I'm saying some of this stuff is even dovetailing off our conversation last week. If mm-hmm. I was James Phillips, what would I be doing? You mean Monday? I would, Tuesday. I would be Tuesday. What did I say? Last week. Last week. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it was Tuesday. It's been a long week. This I guess. Is why I'm, this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I'm happy. I know it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what year it is. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. The 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 time and investment spent in large organizations or platforms like Microsoft mm. to reduce the time it takes in the really big time sinks, where like the eighty percent of our time to clean shape and and change data is not providing value. So if they're reducing that time and spending the time to uh, allow me to do other things, then I can focus more time on value and I'm gonna pay for a product that does those things for me. So the more clarity I have around source, certification, path of ownership and, and a tool set that lets me spend less time over here, I I can start to spend more time over here. So I think it separates, it has a potential to like separate the truly data people, because those are gonna be the ones that still are gonna be required everywhere. Because yeah. unless you're early adopting, you may have new tool sets that allow you to accelerate into a different version of bringing insights faster into the business. So Seth, I have a question for you, Lisa. Do you think that Power BI Pro then is there's going to be a a less reliance on that like general business pro to be the ETL guy or that's going to be already in place more where you might have one guy one one or two people who are focused on the ETL creating the certified data sets but the general Power BI Pro is more front facing is that is that I just to kind of reiterate or I'm saying there's there's possibilities, right? Okay. I, I think what's important is the path between yeah. between me 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 as a business user or pro you know pro business PBIX guy PBIX guy starting something 
and it easily cycling into the enterprise space. Right. The more the more that is seamless and throw in flavors of tools. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind with this innovation curve and two years out is technology, right? What is that that maxim, right? Where yeah. it's like it it doubles every year. And we're to the point where maybe Power BI is on a great trend because every month it's coming out with new features. Yeah. But maybe that's a good thing because in two years, there's 24 opportunities, right, to keep launching into the future around these exponential increases in possibilities. So, Mike, over to you. Yeah. What do, what do you think about all this? I mean, you're not changing my opinion. I am retooling some of my thoughts around this. So, so let me let me state some facts that I know are 100% true, which will for sure happen in future (laughs) data yeah this is a fact ready data volumes are ever increasing and they're going to be doubling so if you look at in the next i don't don't know what the the numbers are at this point in time in the next five years the next 10 years i don't know i don't know the exact end point in the next n number of years the entirety of data we will have made more data than all of history so the next five years you're going to see like an immense amount of data increasing over time. So our tooling has to be more large data centric, period. End of story. Like Power Query, if it can't handle billions of rows of data, it's not going to cut it. You've got to make Power Query go better, faster, stronger. So I see that trend happening. What I also see as a trend is as I get more into the weeds around just how desktop works in general, even though this is a low code or no code tool, I find myself going further into pro code tooling. So I, I keep finding myself writing more code because that's faster, more efficient. There's other advantages that go along with the pro code type of stuff. So even as a professional in the Power BI space, I think there's going to be a good level of no code, low code things. But in the future, I hope I'm not clicking on buttons to make visuals. I hope I'm not clicking on measures to write them out, handwriting entire measures, right? So I think in the future, I'm going to see myself writing code to write the code. So I'm going to to build the machine to build the machine. I'm going to pre-build a lot of things. I'm going to have a lot of stuff set up. I'm going to have standards working. And the tooling that I'm going to use as a professional is going to be different than the guy, the PIBX guy. But the PBIX guy, my tooling will be be different. So... um, I think that's how I'm, I'm going to perceive the future in two years from now. I think in two years from now, not only will desktop become stronger, but we're going to get more standards around things that we can touch, move. There's going to be more APIs in the service. I think as a professional, I'm going to be the guy going way deeper into these things and tuning to a, a much higher degree than other individuals. Like I'm going to be aggregation tables all over the place. We're going to be doing stuff more on top of lakes. We're going to have better ways of doing compute between Power BI and these data lake stores. So as a trend in big data in general, if you're not building delta lakes or lakes and and delta tables inside those lakes as an organization, you're throwing away money. You're gonna, and another trend that I see is very popular here is it's you're gonna get more Azure involved because the speed of innovation increases when you go to cloud. So I guess my world of what the pro would look like is, you're actually going to be writing potentially more code as a pro in the future, but the tooling you're going to be writing and using this stuff in is going to be much more advanced. And um, I actually really liked Tommy's, and I made a note here. I think I'm going to be less solely focused on Power BI, and I think I'm going to be looking at more of the Power Platform stuff where I'm actually looking at 
how do I deploy Power BI and a Power App and Power Automate as a bundle, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I'm, I'm thinking about these like pre-built, canned, you know, ready-to-go solutions or things where I could modify some things and then deploy them. So I, I think there's, uh, I mean, already right now in my career with Power BI, I'm looking at more Power Apps because I see how well they dovetail together mm -hmm. and figuring out, okay, I think Power Apps is a great story. I disagree with how they're licensing it. I wish there was a better licensing yeah. or a lower price point to get me kind of into it. So I kind of feel like in the like in the future, if we could have a better licensing story around, here's Microsoft 365, and here's the add-on for Power Platform, and you get unlimited use of all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's kind of more of the bundle that I think I would want. And I think that's, I think the licensing in one is kind of hindering people from just full go, full bore going in on Power Apps because um, there's there's a there's a, a barrier to entry there. So. Well, Mike, if it was up to first, that was awesome. Second, if it was up to you, we'd kill the PBX guy because there'd be no PBX files in the world <laughs> since it's all cloud. No, um, and this is where it's really important yeah. to to separate roles, yeah. right? Like yes. yeah. Mike's talking on a Uber Pro level, right? It, but there's always room for the PBX guy. Yeah, yep, always yeah. room. But well, just but depends saying, on the organization. Yes, and I, I think it depends on your journey too. Like, so in the future, though, right? For my role, like where do I see myself going as a professional? I would consider my professional a yeah. professional Power BI guy now. Like my income yeah. comes from solely from doing Power BI. Like that that is my income. So like because that is my income stream, I would consider myself a professional in it. And so like where do I see myself being in this yeah. space in the future? And I think that's and, where I see myself. And I, I I really like that. And actually, Seth, I'll let you go because I have a question for both of you. So I'll. I'll no, wait. I think I I think I think between my wild extremes of not at all and uh, pie in the sky future, <laughs> that was a very great practical middle of the road example. <laughs> that's, that's a, by the way, that's a great range. Either nothing changes or everything changes. That's what you get out Discuss. of me. Yeah. Ireland. All right. Good. So, your forecasting I, I, skills are imp impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> You've caught it all. You can get everything can happen. Uh, I, is that the forecasting tool already available or mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> that's, that's AI driven. That was an AI driven decision. Seth AI. <laughs> Seth AI. <laughs> um, so the thing that you guys both talked about, I, I can't help but think and for my own self is, or for all of us is because we're all kind of coming at this, I think from our own career paths, right? Sure. And you're, because not only are you thinking, what is the general power BI pro, but like, where, where are we personally going to be in two or five years? Or maybe more importantly, where do we want to be? Like, you know, where, where do you foresee, like no one's in any job, not just power BI, but you're not really hiring someone full time just for that role for five years. Like you want to see someone grow. So, I took that with the power platform guy and the business, you know, the, the pro dev guy, we'll call it like the Mike guy that I see a career path for them in five years. And I'm sure people listening are intrigued about that too, is like what the, the skills in each are very different and how do they set me up for the next step? So I want to ask you guys, do you see, I, I guess both of those roles having like a career path and like what what does a career path look like for each? More so now or, than ever, right? I mean, yeah, if, you, if you think yeah, about yeah. early adopters and we were we were pumping pushing Power BI way out in the beginning, like you don't have that anymore. You know it's an established tool. You know it's at the top of the Gardner quadrant. Like you want to invest your time in a tool that is right. well established and still puts out changes every month. 
Like, yes, right. there's there's an immense amount of, you know, opportunity to learn, to continue to learn, to try to catch up on five years worth of changes. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's still a, a hugely viable direction uh, if you're spending a lot of time in data and business intelligence. Like, are, are you ever going to be hard pressed to say it was a waste of time learning Power BI? No, absolutely yeah. not. I would agree with that. I mean, I hope, I hope I see the trend of Power BI fitting similar to what Excel did, right? Excel mm -hmm. was that, and you and even in the yeah. beginning stages, right? Excel was still a paid tool. Power BI is free. Like we've changed. So my my thought here is we've fundamentally changed what is happening and how we distribute software with Power BI. Microsoft never gives away something for free, and and we're getting on my machine, a full analysis services engine for free. And so that, to me, that's what blows my mind. So yes, Power BI is amazing, but that's not really what makes this whole thing shine. If you look at other BI tools, Tableau, Looker, Click, those other things, they're all SQL-based. They're all using some form of a SQL server on the back end. And some of them are using tabular model objects and stuff like that. They're talking to these tabular models, but like the tabular model was the game changer. It was the original pivot table in Excel and it just blew my mind. Like, and it's still to this day is so impressive to me on how fast it can go through data. And I think that's the kind of technology jump that, that just leapfrogged every other, mm -hmm. from my perspective, BI tool at this point. Yeah. So it's on a single machine, it's, in, it's ultra fast um, and the only thing, you know, you can get fast data on, on big data as well with like large data clusters and other things too, but you're not talking about multiple machines and it becomes more expensive right. than me downloading this free tool. And that's where I'm like, holy cow, people. So I hope, I think the reason that the desktop is free is to drive this adoption quicker because I think Microsoft, if you look at my, I was, I was tweeting on or, or sending something out on like LinkedIn, like I was super thankful for Power BI team. They're doing an amazing job. But I did a quick search on Google Trends between Tableau as a topic mm -hmm. and Power BI as a topic. And the trend was, I mean, Microsoft is literally like three years, four years behind where Tableau was at the time. But Tableau has hit its apex in search traffic volume for people wanting to learn for Tableau. And Power BI has strongly come up and uh, taken a lot of share in that space. And so now Power BI is this new dominating feature set in that area and i think it's got the right hooks just like you to use data to make a point Man. like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, right well what be how becoming um but you're saying so i don't i don't want to dovetail but i have to comment to what you just said like i don't i know what we're talking about today but you forced you forced my hand i Mike. forced your hand i that's what you i like forced, to do tommy you made me do it you made me, made do, me it. do it i'm blaming you um you kind of said why Power BI Desktop is always going to be, to me, a shining light in all of this. So compared to Power Apps and Power free. Automate, where you need to sign in with your business you know, credentials, yep. the reason why Power BI has had the adoption is anyone can download it. I don't have to necessarily give my information, right? Because going back to Seth's point, Seth's point there will always be companies who are lagging behind. There will always be companies who are lagging behind, and then you just need that one spark of that one person downloading Power BI and going, wow, this is amazing. Look, this whole model for free, because Microsoft can offer that for free, that analysis service in the Power BI desktop. 
you know, they don't compared to if it's in the cloud where they would have to charge because it's not a someone's computer, they can offer it for free. So that's kind of why they have. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think at some, so think about all the paying customers who are paying for pro and want to share things. I think the break point right now is a good break point between this free space and this pro space. When you, when you start to pay for like workspace and sharing content, right? right. The, the report I build is of little to no value if I can't share it, period. Uh, so I would say though, is if this is going to continue on its trajectory, you need some form of free analysis services things in the service that you can just use for free. So like today, I can publish, so I can download desktop, I can build my report locally, fine. But I can publish that report into the service, already into my workspace as yeah. free, I just can't share anything. So as a free user, I can already use some of the service today for free. I think what you need to do in order for this to continue growing successfully is, this is, I'm gonna, again, I'm gonna go back to Joven's paradox that I was talking about yesterday, <laughs> right? Microsoft needs to further optimize their costs on how they run analysis services so they can bring that almost down to zilch where they can give the service, the My Workspace, the all, the all website-based service for free and know that, you know, X percentage of those individuals will then migrate into a paid service portion and then they make their money on it. So I think on these lower end SKUs, Microsoft is even willing to take a loss on those SKUs, knowing that your data will increase, you will get more proficient in those things, and eventually you'll have to upgrade. And they'll they'll make the margins on the higher paying stuff because that's where they make money. There's yeah. gotta be stuff in their service right now that they're underwater on. Yeah, and I think I think yeah. Tommy, your point that you're making that that I don't think is bound to the PBIX is the barrier of entry to Power BI to kick the tires and, right. and see the value in it yeah. is low or, yeah. or minimal. So whether that exists in a PBIX file as an interface or an interface online, I don't think it matters. Yeah. One of my favorite stories, so kind of to go back into the career point of view, and I think they, they have done this with Power Apps too, because obviously it's not the studio. I think I think it was MBAS maybe two years ago, Microsoft Business Summit, and it was the guy from the Heathrow Airport, that that use yeah. case where, yeah. to me that I think that's why I really got more into Power Apps, and really said you know what I want to develop this as a skill set, because that and really impacted me. And to kind of give a background, um, I'm sure the YouTube video is still out there, but I don't remember what the the department, but uh, one of the employees at the Heathrow Airport. He worked and he was just a normal, not an executive, not a leader, not even in data, not even working really on a computer. But um, he developed a way to kind of manage, I, I believe it was the stock of Windows or something to do with, I, I don't remember the exact use case, so I apologize for that off the, off the cuff. Huh? But he developed like two or three applications that when leadership saw this, they said, oh my God gosh like this is going to save the entire airport incredible amounts of paper and work and money time. right and money right and money. And it's either money. Save money. money saves you money or makes you money it fits one of those was, categories right yeah and this was a guy who again was just i don't want to say i don't i do not want to say just a random guy but he wasn't tasked with this no he worked in a department where this was not you know no one was going to evaluate him on this nor was he really you know this was not his job at all, yep. anything yep. remotely close to it. But he saw a need for it. He developed these solutions in Power Apps himself. 
And now I think he's like the director of like data applications or like the, you know, the president of data applications at the Heathrow airport. Yep. And I was already working in Power BI, obviously. And at the time I was, I think it was June, the uh, June, of course it was June because it's always June, the 2019 in Atlanta, I, I believe so. And I, I think I, yep. that was the year I was just about to be an MVP. And the reason I say that because you're kind of seeing like, was my career kind of thing? Like, what do you, you know, like, and However, that stuck out to me. Like that was a huge impact for me. Yes. Um, so going back to this career path and where are we in two? Going back to one with the desktop or anyone, a company who doesn't have the power platform or Azure at all, there will always be someone who will, in a sense, rise up and become the champion. And the companies that already have it established today, you know, it's in terms of like again to think of where do not only where's the professional going to be, but where do I want to be in five years? You know, I want to be in the power platform space, you know, because I think that integration is, the, you know what, to go back yeah, to it, because so I, I've been transformed. You know, I, the, the power platform is the best way to save time yep. and save money and make money that I see. So I found the article on the Heathrow Airport, and I'll just give you a couple of details out of it. I just pulled it up here. So they have a they have now made 30 apps and this is as of November 7th 2019. So in November 7th 2019 they had made 30 apps. They have uh employees have eliminated 75,000 pages of paperwork, <laughs> nearly 1,000 hours helping an airport reduce its costs. So this speaks to my point that I've been saying for like the, like the last 2 weeks. <laughs> like if you're not building something that's saving money or making money, don't do it. And so I'm like, a believer. And and so like holy cow you can pay so the price of the power app to develop mm -hmm. that and and so this is where i think the licensing kind of comes into things right i think it should be so incredibly simple because i see i build very simple apps what i do right now i don't build complex ones however those apps can then sit on top of sql server which is a very mm -hmm. well established it space and it very quickly allows you to enter and manipulate and change records of data which is what an erp system does so this is a this is a trend i think that's going to continue happening and so you know if I, if I look at what Microsoft is doing, whether it's in data science or AI or power platform, they're, they are spending big dollars on finding very, very smart people to solve very common problems. Scanning PDFs to a table, yeah. scanning OCR. Yeah. These are things like you as a company can go build, but Microsoft's going to say, no, we're going to set our 150 whatever data scientists on this particular project, and we're going to build stuff that's so big and so impressive that you could never build that solution all on your own. Like if you had a, like they're building, this is, I'm taking plays from all kinds of things here. Elon Musk, it's not hard to build a car. It's hard to build the machine that builds the car. <laughs> what Microsoft is doing is they're building the machine that makes the machines. That's the harder task here. And so that's yeah. that's what they're doing. And then I'll also point out here, Tommy, I think what we're playing is, I don't know if you guys have read a book by the name of Simon Sinek. Uh, I think it's how you say his name, The Infinite Game. Have you heard about oh. this? He's done a lot of a lot of uh, TED talks. And a lot stuff of like TED that. talks. I was like yeah. someone shared that with me. I like, shared oh, it with you, like... Tommy. <laughs> so so this we are playing. So in some cases, we're playing the infinite game, and I think a lot of organizations, wrongly so, think they're playing a game. A game mm -hmm. is defined rules, and there's a defined winner at the end of the game. If you look at business, business is not a finite is not a finite game. There is no end. You're going to want to be in business next year, the year after, 10 years from now. So you're always playing the infinite game. And all you can do is look around you and look at the players that are in the market in your space 
and say, am I ahead or I'm behind where they are? And there will be times where you're behind and they're ahead. And there'll be times where you're ahead and they're behind. And so the whole perspective of how we're building things, I feel like Power BI is playing a bit more of an infinite game where they're just, you know, we don't know what features we need to make next. We just know we need to make more features. So we're going to solicit people for feedback and we're going to build the next thing for you. So I, there's just so many good conversations around all of this. I know. I, I think that's what we're playing. We, we have to be thinking with the mentality of we're playing the infinite game. I want to continue in, in my business. I'm playing to continue to play. That's, yeah. that's, that's my mantra. I'm not here to win Power BI. I'm not here to like be the best consulting firm ever. I'm here to be a good consulting firm to play the game and continue to play the game because I like playing this game. That got really Guys, philosophical. I'm so all of pumped. A I, that, that's I'm a, so, that's a good yeah. way to wrap up this conversation, I think. Yeah, it is. I am so pumped. I want to get off vacation now. You want to go back to work? <laughs> I'm I am excited. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Anyways, that those are those are my random ramblings and thoughts around Power BI, and I, I think I'm super excited to be in this platform. Uh, I'll I'll you yeah. know sing it from the mountaintops. I love the Power BI tool. The team at Microsoft is doing an amazing job. It's a hard job. You can't make yeah. everyone happy. There's always stuff that's going to be missing. There are always features that are not going to be there that you want. Tables, matrices. Um, but they'll, they'll get there. You know, we're we're on a we're playing an infinite game. So we got time. Yeah. So time's on our side here. Let, you know how do how do we change and keep playing the game so we can uh uh you know and keep enjoying it and I'm having yeah. fun playing this game for now so I want to just keep playing. Yeah, my last thoughts is for anyone listening who may not like who maybe either is in Power BI now getting into it or just kind of understanding some of the things we're talking about. This I I think for all of us we're so happy in the the career choices we made get into it be the champion if you don't have someone Agreed. at your company yep so start at podcast number one probably, you'll learn everything you need to know right <laughs> start with episode yeah, this one is a, this is a and, fun game to play yeah because this is a fun game to play time and time again because of what this tool and the the power suite of tools can do and your your point Tommy these change careers. Like if you start solving, if you start yeah. solving business problems, which you can do with these tools and you learn them what, like there is rampant opportunity for massive yeah. growth. If, yeah, Seth, if you're one of those people who thinks, why do they do it that way? Then you need to go to the power platform. <laughs> that's, that's a, <laughs> I dig it. Guys, this was phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. I think it was kind well, of, we're all like yeah. weak week tired out and so this was just we're but more punchy than normal so i, I enjoyed it too it's super fun tommy where can you find the podcast you can find this podcast anywhere a podcast is available on apple spotify google podcast overcast um we launch or we release the podcast every tuesdays and thursdays so we're bi-weekly if you want to join in the live conversation you're listening right now on in your commute if you're listening on your run uh, or your bike ride, and you want to join live every Tuesday, Thursday, 7.30 a.m. Central Time, go to powerbi.tips on YouTube. We do a live stream. You can join in the chat. Um, and just make sure to subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. The feedback, if you can leave any reviews on the Apple um, Apple podcast, we love it. It will much help us out it. so much. We appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys so much from uh, and try to subscribe or listen. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I'll see you next week on Tuesday. See you Tuesday.